Welcome to the Empathetic Marketer Podcast. Today I have on Robert Echevarria from NP Hub. Robert, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks for having me, Brad. Absolutely. I'm really excited. So tell me a bit about yourself, your company, what you're up to. Oh, yeah. So got into marketing totally by accident. Just I needed to be able to sell things throughout my career, but I needed to be able to scale my message. So I learned how to do direct mail. I did affiliate. One time I wanted to promote myself. So I did a deal with a coffee shop to where I could do a giveaway that promoted a local business in order to be able to have an offer that I could give away and just stuck with it through the years. Now I'm over here at that MP hub after having done finance, automotive, big tech, small tech, if you will, for a boutique agency as well. Did worked with a mobile app that helped in the nonprofit space. And now over here at MP Hub, we're helping expand healthcare in the United States by connecting nurse practitioner students, usually coming from an RN background with preceptors so that they can do their rotations, graduate on time and achieve their career goals. Absolutely. That's really awesome stuff. So one of the things that you mentioned was like, you're working on a lot of growth stuff and content and all this what has you know, been your focus for this quarter? What, what are some things you're working on, you're excited about, all that stuff? Great question. It's very impressive in the history of NP Hub, what they've done with their current marketing. And yet in so many ways, when I came over, it feels like a zero to one. So I came in and they took... The, this amazing graphic designer that was on the team, she got promoted over to the product side. And then I have a video content creator, but she's also doing community management and managing the socials at the same time. It's one of the exciting things about being with a growth company. You get that opportunity to wear many hats and develop those skills. And in the interim, I've been able to hire a new graphic designer. I just hired a community manager. We have a paid ads freelancer for the media buying piece, hiring another content creator on the video side and pulled in a copywriter. So the focus this quarter was getting those pieces in place while ramping up the content production. We were at when I came on board three months ago, four to five pieces of content a week. And now we're at five pieces of content a day. So mostly it's managing the operations to be able to support the growth on the team. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've been really busy getting this content engine up and running. And where did you start? What does that look like? How have you accomplished that? First, I had to figure out what the skill sets were and really get to know the personality of the team to find out what were they good at, where were the areas of opportunity, what they enjoyed doing and what they didn't want to do at all. So that way I could mix and match and make sure that I was helping accelerate their career growth while also serving the needs of the business. And then hiring in where I had skills gap and then connecting them all in a way that especially with operations, we're putting everything into monday.com. We hadn't had a PM tool prior to that. And so that way we can not only monitor the content workflow, but I can also see the workload on each 
team member because I don't want them to be overworked as we tr constantly try to ramp up the content production. Absolutely. And what's next? You've gotten that engine up and running. You're cranking out a lot of content. What's next on the horizon for you? You get what you measure. And I firmly believe that we measure so that we can understand. And then we respond to that understanding with marketing. And I'm pulling together the metrics so I can establish baselines for how well we're doing. But then I also need to be able to understand what do we do with that data in order to be able to respond. So getting the team to think in terms of both the creative side and responding to the data is very important while continuing to get them used to thinking operationally. Outside of data and operations and pulling together the team, I want to get them. So even though we're at five pieces of content a day, that's inclusive of organic plus paid. But what we need to do is maximize the content produced on each one of the channels that we're currently active on before we expand to anything else. So that's going Absolutely. to increase the volume that they have to produce at. And then we're doing exercises like, who's our avatar? I'm spending time talking to the customer. We're getting customer surveys put together so we better understand the audience. We're putting together our own brand persona. So that way, what's our tone that we're going to market with? What do we sound like? Who are we in the marketplace? So that way we can have a true affinity with the entire nurse practitioner community. Yeah, that's awesome. What are these channels that I imagine the social platforms and Facebook and LinkedIn and all that stuff? So we are active. We have 50 Facebook groups so we can talk to each state's community because each one's a little bit different in terms of how they operate. And then we have an overall Facebook community as well as our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and TikTok. We do have LinkedIn. We do have Twitter, but they're not active right now. And I would rather us get really strong at where we are active and producing content for who we have already and serving the community that's already attached to us before we expand. Absolutely. And then this content, do you create specific content for each basically platform or channel or group even? And then that's promoted organically. How does all that work? Initially, it's... You have your phases of content production. You start off just getting used to producing a thing. And then you want to produce a thing consistently. And that's where we're at. So what we've shifted to in the last three months is we would take a video that we would say put on Instagram. And then we would mirror it over to TikTok. But now we're taking that content and thinking about it TikTok first because that tends to perform better when you translate it to the other socials than if you work yourself backwards. So we're thinking in terms of TikTok, producing that content, getting good there, and then reformatting without copying and pasting to make it look more IG-centric or more Facebook-centric. Okay, nice. So you get it to be centric to a little bit specific. TikTok might have a certain style. Facebook might have a different style, et cetera. I don't want there to be any friction with our audience. So we have don't really have Gen Z. They haven't graduated into the master's program yet, but we do have a variety of X and millennials and they use Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. So 
being frictionless, no matter where they're at, I want to be active there. But if they get the same exact thing or it looks the same exact way from TikTok to Instagram to Facebook, then they're not necessarily going to want to engage on those channels as if it feels fresh or they're on that channel because it's different for whatever that purpose is. So I need to be able to serve the content in a way that matches that platform. And two, you got to think about the platform. They want us to keep their audience on there. So if it's the same stuff, they're not going to stay on the platform. So we need to be able to serve the platform and serve the community at the same time. Absolutely. I like that way of looking at it. So let's talk about SDRs and outbound and all this stuff. How does this tie in with some of that? And you know what type of content has worked well to serve those needs as well? So that's another group that we're building out brand new into the company. And I come from a background of working with sales development reps, and they're extremely valuable. We have a robust recruitment department. So we have a marketplace that's very similar to Uber, just like you have drivers and you have passengers. And if the drivers are looking to earn money, but they don't have enough people to pick up, they're out. Same thing. If you have a bunch of passengers, but there's no one to take them to where they want to go, then they're out and you end up with an imbalanced system and the whole thing crashes. And that's the same exact thing for us. We have the students and we have the preceptors that help with the rotations. So we need to be able to serve both. The recruiters are the side of our team, our sales team that helps the preceptors on board, get paid and be able to help serve those students. But we need to source more preceptors to be able to balance the equation and make sure that we don't have students sitting on a wait list so that way they can get their rotation as quickly as possible. So we developed an SDR team and we have a CRM and we created the entire automation for their workflow so we could monitor that data within the CRM, building that from scratch So that way it's tailored to us and serves our community and serves the business, has accurate data, helps the SDRs be successful. That took longer than we actually anticipated. And then once we had that up, then we had to train the team on how to use that system in order to be successful. And it's a combination of texting, LinkedIn, email marketing, and phone calls. And so that's where we're taking the SDR team so they can continue to fill the pipe with preceptors that can serve our students. Absolutely. Do they do anything with the content or is that more of a its own bucket and organic and paid and all that stuff on these social platforms? Right now, everything that they have is templatized for them. So that way we can control quality. I love upskilling SDRs. I have in the past in terms of learning how to write their own copy so they get good at sales copy. I think that's helpful as you mature in your sales career. But at stage zero to one, having the proof of concept and ironing out the kinks is the most important thing. Absolutely. And how do you look at paid versus outbound? Do you see them both as a process of going after accounts or do you use one for one thing and another for another? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. So on our paid side, we serve both of our customer bases, both the preceptors and the students in order to acquire. For the 
SDRs, they're focused only on bringing in preceptors. So their job is to find and source at the appropriate businesses, find people that are willing to be paid to precept. And I say willing because it's just been the last few years that being paid to precept is actually a thing. Prior to preceptors, nurse practitioners that had a license for a year or more in practicing were expected to do it for free, just out of the goodness of their hearts. And there's still a, it's almost like a belief system that says that they can't be served. So what we do in those instances, when you have a real diehard person is we allow them to choose the charity of their choice and we'll donate that money on their behalf. Okay. Nice. Very cool. And then as we're wrapping up here, I'm just curious your overall thoughts on inbound versus outbound. As you're thinking of growth for the next quarter and the next year, is there one that you're like, Hey, I really think either this side is going to get us to our goals. So this entire company has grown from being able to balance both. So getting really good at the advertising end to be able to attract, but then you also need people on your team who can source, have the conversation with the customer and be able to convert them into the business. Finding great talent, especially on the sales side is really challenging and it doesn't scale, but yet it's going to be vital to the business. So figuring out how to maximize the inbound is going to be critical. Adding to that, we have increased customer acquisition costs with inflation across all of the platforms and being able to improve that with branded content, that'll help lower. But having the ability to have a good sales team to be able to convert shortens that time to value. And so they're always going to remain a critical part of the team. Absolutely. Well, it's been awesome to have you on the podcast. Really appreciate you sharing all your wisdom and insights. Appreciate your time, Brad. Thank you.